0: Roundup podcast. Your hosts, Jay and T What's going on, Ranger fans? Your Ranger Roundup podcast back at it again here amidst a uh, little bit of uh, national and, and global crisis. Uh, as always, I'm your host, David Blaha, here with my main man, Jay Clairacuzia. Jay, how you doing today? Uh,
1: considering the circumstances, we're, we're I'm pretty good. I mean, I've got you. Uh, let's see. Tape measure. And I've got you. Uh, how, 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 how we doing? Let's uh, pull it uh, on out here. 77 inches. So you are. I got you. I got you. Five inches. That's
0: so. that's good. That's close enough. Yeah. Six six foot
1: rule. Jay and I
0: here in the studio practicing our our social distancing. Uh, we got we got a good episode coming up for you here today, guys. Um, you know, obviously we're we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room, the the coronavirus here and. Uh, you know how it's been affecting hockey uh, really around the world, not not even just in this league. Um, gonna try not to dwell on that too far. I'm sure you guys are uh, pretty tired of hearing about the coronavirus by now, but' uh, some things that warrant, you know, talking about a little bit. we're uh, we're gonna jump into some news. We're gonna talk about, what Jay and I took away from the last, potentially the last two Ranger games, games that, of the w- that season, were played, right. at least the last two games that were played. Yep. Then we're going to jump into a little bit of armchair GM talks here. Uh, big news coming out of Rangers camp uh, just last week. Hey, Andre Miller signed, sealed, delivered. We're going to talk about what we can expect from him. And uh how he's gonna fit into this team and into this system,
1: hopefully, very nicely,
0: hopefully, very nicely. Uh, we're gonna stick on that defensive uh, mindset there. We're gonna be talking about the fox Lindgren pairing, what that potential looks like, what we've seen so far, what we haven't, what we need to all right jay let's uh let's jump into some news here. We got um actually a surprisingly busy uh news section here, considering that the league is uh you know not shut running. down
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a thing right now that we're all thinking about. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you know, it's uh, it, it is a pretty serious issue. Uh, it's having far-reaching consequences in hockey. I mean, it's it's not just the NHL and you know the other major sports that are shut down right now. It's um, the the AHL is toast. Uh, the e- ECHA ECHL canceled,
1: is- not just suspended. <sighs> I know.
0: Man, I, I, I gotta say real quick I, I feel for those guys big time too. It's, it's rough. They're they were notified that they're not gonna be paid through the rest of the season and um I, I went and, and looked up the average ECHL salary. It ain't much. Six hundred dollars a week. Yeah. Uh, I mean these these guys have dedicated their lives it's to this. Barely sport. like per diem at that point. I, I, mean, I know, I know, and it's and it's it's really it's not just the players. You know, it's uh it's the staff, it's the everyone
1: involved with the operation. It's the
0: arena workers, yeah. right? They're they're getting effectively laid off.
1: You know, and a lot of not the, being paid for any of this a lot of the arena workers for ECHL teams are in i don't want to say not cities but like not the New York Chicago they're in like Toledo right so like not a not a bustling metropolis like a, a less less slightly smaller cities right. ho- host ECHL I, I, I mean you, you
0: get that you get that in the AHL as well right there yeah. they're in like the minor cities and then and then you go to the ECHL I mean I, I know the Rangers affiliate plays out of Maine I I honestly don't even know what city they play out Yeah, at. <laughs> Frankly aside from Bangor I I can't think of another city in Maine now that Augusta
1: or <laughs> isn't that one of them And Kenny Bunkport's one, I can tell
0: that it it is. But it's a sleepy little town. Yeah,
1: it's it's definitely not a hockey town. I've I've been there. It's
0: actually it's quite nice. Yeah, it is. is. Definitely been there too. I don't
1: know why we both have been to this random main town, but it's a nice town. (laughs) It is nice. It's a nice city. But yeah, ECHL is nice. uh, But it's tough, man. I mean, these these smaller markets are definitely feeling the effects. Uh, when you talk about, uh, I mean, I I'm just thinking from my experience. Uh, I was down in Fayetteville, North Carol- North Carolina, and we had an SPHL team that was hosted out of there. So all those workers, all those players, they're all. I mean, we're talking about ECHL. That's SP- Southern Provincial Hockey League. I mean, you want to really scrape the barrel of yeah of of professional and air quotes uh, hockey, but it's a rough time for everybody. That's yeah. So we're we're going to try not to dwell on this too
0: much, but you know, obviously, we want everyone out there to be staying safe, and uh, we hope we get through this and we get back to some hockey. Uh, you know, speaking of getting back to some hockey, there's been uh, some, some pretty wild rumors flying. Uh, surrounding what could be for uh, you know the remainder of the 2020 NHL season, uh, Jay, why don't you take a second walk us through what some yeah. of those ideas are?
1: So uh, the two the two bi- like big ones I've seen was one was a, a player proposal. Um, it involves uh, everyone coming back and doing a training camp in early July, followed right. by they they would finish the regular season in late July. Then August, August, and September would be the playoffs in the Stanley Cup. And then the draft and the free agency would happen in October, and then they would start. They immediately jump into the new season in November. Um, that, to me, seems like a lot. <laughs> um, I get they're not playing now, but like think about if you if you made a, if you make a run right in that period of time, that means that you're going to be active August all of September. Probably, or yeah, at least um, all September. Then you'll have one month off, and then November, and then the new season starts as normal. So it could go theoretically all the way until June.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you like year. looking 11 months of hockey. It's, it's longer than that for certain if, teams. If you consider this season as well, it's actually about 20 months of hockey with really only October. Designated to be off, and uh, plus whatever we get, you know, out of the next couple of weeks here. But you're looking at maybe six to eight weeks off in 20 months on end. That's a lot. A lot of hockey, man. Um, Not, not to mention, you know, what I I know you have a little bit of experience in this area. You know, what is that going to do to scheduling? Like, is is this feasible?
1: It's, it's tough. Um, what Dave's referred to is um, I did a lot of scheduling when I played uh, for a college team, a club team. Um, I had to deal with arenas uh, all over Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm a little bit familiar with how it works. It, these A lot of these arenas are booked... Uh, a half year in advance especially for uh hosting teams so like in msg's case right the hosting teams are always going to be rangers nicks will have priority and then the rangers after that if you want to have a concert at msg if you want to have the circus come into there whatever it may be you work around those two right but once you
0: get your once you pay for your slot, you get your slot. Yeah, you got right? your slot. That's like, it. Like 12 to 18 months in right. advance. Because and then yeah. what
1: the problem that I see with this is if so like I have tickets to a show in June in New York and I'm I'm starting to lean toward thinking that's going to get canceled. And I, my friend said based on what you know, what's going to happen is are they going to postpone the tour or would they delay it or how? And I said no, they would just straight up cancel it. Um, the best case scenario we could hope for is they cancel the first couple shows, but don't cancel ours. Um, but yeah, you because if at that point these these this I I bought these tickets in February for a right. show, yeah, and and the tickets were bought in February, which means the plans were probably made a month or two prior to that. So you're talking six plus months in advance for schedule. So anyone right now looking to book arenas is going to have trouble because the arenas can't put out their schedules and can't make things, any definitive decisions. So like everything is on hold. I don't think people really fo- like fully understand how in depth that goes.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, as, as much as I would, uh, you know, love to see the Rangers crushing playoff games, you know, from a beach in the middle of the summer. Sure. Uh, I, I have trouble seeing this happen um although I, I do have to say that the NHL has announced that they are open to quite literally any sort of a proposal yeah. here and the other thing that i had read was that this proposal that was uh, i guess leaked
1: for lack of a better word i'm not even sure it was leaked. i think it was uh, i think it was a formal proposal by the players
0: they're they're bringing it to the NHLPA and the NHLPA is going to be modifying it right submitting that modified version okay. to the NHL for review so um, what we're seeing here is, is not the official proposal, but it's going to be built off of this. Right. And, and I just, I, I have trouble seeing it, it as, just, as much as I'd love to, but uh, seems,
1: the, the thing that, that the biggest thing that gets me about it is the October draft and free agency. That's such a limited window to both make your drafts, draft picks, and then conquer free agency.
0: I mean, it's, it's slightly condensed right i mean we, we only get about two you weeks you already between had your draft. training
1: camp so all those rookies all anyone that you drafted they're just gonna just like you don't get well, don't get a look at them no what
0: what, what they would do is uh, i mean typically you'll have your training camp but before your training camp you'll have a rookie mini camp Mini-camp, right right so um they'll probably end up expanding the rookie mini camp right and if they see something they really like they'll Throw them right into the lineup for the preseason. I I imagine at least that they'll be doing a preseason. But um, I I'm not I'm I not sure wanna... about this proposal. the uh, the The other one could be pretty
1: exciting though. What what was that other one? So the other one that at least that I've seen, and it's a 24 team playoff proposal. And the reason they came up, you're probably asking yourself, where the where did they come up with 24? <laughs> right, right. Well, the uh, it, it was posited by the sources that the reason. 24 was the numbers because if you make it 24, you get to involve the Chicago and Toronto markets in the festivities and it would involve something right. like, uh, the first, like the top four teams in each division or top, maybe it was top eight, um, in, I think it was top four in each division. Um, how would they even get to seat them though? Because all of these teams, if if, if they clip it, the season it, right now, all these teams have,
0: have different would, amount of games played. So, you, so points is it would be really um, not a great measure. Point percentage. Point percentage. That would make sense. And and the top twenty four teams in the league. I mean, uh, I I think by point percentage, the Rangers they're would actually would, bad. They, they'd still seat eleventh at yes. twelfth in the East, but yeah. they would be a playoff team technically. Um, yes. So and they would
1: probably be playing. I mean, if they're they would it would be like the Sixth place team, I think. So they'd be if, looking at playing. If they like, seeded them by conference, or, or, or excuse me, by uh, yeah,
0: by by conference. If they tried to seed them by division, I mean, it, it would just get it would get sloppy. But at the end of the day, man, if all, if I'm gonna get playoff hockey, and if I'm gonna get the Rangers in the playoffs, I don't really care how it comes.
1: And but the the other. Uh, the other part of that proposal is it would uh, involve, um, at least at first, like maybe possibly uh, definitely the first round, possibly the first two rounds, maybe the whole thing would be a best of three. Not a best of five or best of seven, which... I mean, I, I I know when I mentioned it to well, kinda, you, kind of kind of
0: like a basketball thing. a little You said bit,
1: right? you said, uh, but the playoffs are, a, are a, a war of attrition. You couldn't right. have, you couldn't have said it any better. When when I heard you said, it. I was like, that's spot on. That's exactly what the playoffs are. It's you know how deep can you go? How how what can you get from no name players? Yeah, you know? how, how is your depth going to step
0: up when your stars? Inevitably get hurt, right? right. Yeah,
1: Stefan Matteau is not known as a superstar around the league, but guess what?
0: Matteau, Matteau, baby, <laughs> we got a big goal out of him.
1: And that's what you're. Th- that's what that's what you mean. It's, right. it's attrition, and you're not, not going to get attrition in a three game series with the team. I mean, right? Although, if you got 24 teams starting the tournament,
0: yeah, maybe maybe you go. I, I mean, so so to win a Stanley Cup, you you need 16 wins, right? I mean, maybe maybe their goal is to structure it so that you that would not be changed. Wins. Uh,
1: Really, I just d- I I know this is a wild time. This I don't know un- uncharted territory. That for us one here. makes more sense from a a potential season and uh, having it not disrupt the following season. And to your point earlier, not in not affecting scheduling or in arenas for later in the year. Um, that that proposal makes more sense than this other one. This other one is going to just be. Oh god that's so-
0: <laughs> well we'll see what they do I, I mean obviously like like you said man it's um it's really kind of uh, uncharted waters here for for us as fans for the league uh, you know almost uh for for the Modern world? Can I can I go that far? You can, right? You absolutely. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this is not just us for sure. So
0: we'll uh, we'll, we'll just kind of have to play it by ear, see what happens here. But um, uh, by way of a little more concrete news, and you know, getting out of that that world of pure utter speculation, uh, Rangers made a few. Contractual moves here that that I thought were pretty neat. Um, You know, obviously, Keandre Miller getting signed to that ELC. He's going to be joining the organization starting next year. By the way, uh, probably worth noting that if the AHL does manage to start back up here, um, it's looking more and more like Keandre Miller is going to get that. Uh, that, I guess they call it an APO, right? Um, the, it's basically a professional tryout, or, or ATO, excuse me. Uh, it's, it's a professional tryout for the minor leagues, which somehow would give him eligibility to play in the AHL playoffs, uh, which would be great experience for him. Seems like a pretty major loophole to me, but I'd love to see it. Um, the other contracts that, that came out here... Um, Gorton and Drury, that would be Jeff Gorton and Chris Drury, the general manager and assistant general manager of the Rangers, have been signed to what we think is long-term extensions. The uh, the terms of those deals were not right. disclosed, but obviously the management team is is doing a good enough job through this rebuild that uh, ownership decided it was worth extending them. I, I think it's a great move. I mean, yeah, I
1: I can't argue with extending them. I mean, they haven't uh, like <laughs> I remember I remember. This past this past summer you and I were talking and uh, I, I, I was complaining about this Shattenkirk buyout <laughs> and I remember I, I mentioned it to you because I, I, I was heated about it. I was so mad that they were buying him out and you said, well... To be fair, it's been almost a year since the Rangers made a bonehead uh GM decision. So, I think I think we can kind of give them this one. And you're right. right. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I didn't love that move, but other than that, they've been sound with their with a lot of things I think mm, drafting might. Mm, I mean, like pretty. It seems like we whiffed on Lias. That seems Look, to be general. General management is not a, not an exact science. No, hindsight no is means. always
0: going to be twenty twenty. Um, the drafting, we'll see. You know, I'm 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 actually, and and we're I'm hoping to do a bit on Lias uh, eventually here on the show. But I'm sure, he'll come I, up. I haven't. Quite given up on on him being a oh, ranger no, I'm done. yet. I'm done. On him. I, I know you are. I, a lot of people are. You're, you're he was not. A you're not a there.
1: When we drafted him, and people, a lot of people don't remember that, but he that's was. that was the pick that we got in exchange for Stepan, along with Tony D'Angelo well, from was, Arizona. He
0: was drafted
1: to the sixth or seventh he was overall, the pick.
0: seventh overall pick. Seventh? Uh, I want to say in 2017, and he was drafted there because the
1: Rangers felt that he was the most NHL ready player on the board. When I look back at his stats, because I I was trying to remember. At that time, like what was happening? Um, Why were why did they reach on this on on And I looked it up. There was that World Junior Championship that he did really well in. Remember when he tossed one tournament one uh, the silver medal he tossed into the stands. Right, probably an indicator that he was a bit of a head case then. But nevertheless, um, I actually liked it when he did that. But regardless, if you looked at his professional career, uh, which I. I'm pretty sure he was playing in the SHL the, at the time. Right, that's where he's back now. Yeah. yeah. It was not an impressive season for him by any token of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I, his stats were very, very plain. Uh, I didn't know that. Average, but he had a very good World Junior Championship, and that's what boosted his stock so much. And uh, that's why I feel like the Rangers really reached with them. Yeah. And and we took Heedle <laughs> after him, and Hedl's yeah. the one that's... that's yeah. stuck. I mean, he's definitely... Uh, a. a a mid seems to be a mid six, a mid middle six center. Although uh, in possibly higher, you know, credit
0: where it's due to, uh, to, to Gorton and, and Quinn and company there. I mean, he played in the AHL, yeah. which is what they wanted for Leas. He'll started. Well, people don't realize he started this year in the, in AHL. the AHL. Yep. He didn't earn his call up until what the middle of November, or something like that. It was he didn't start. Yeah, it was it was several games into the yeah. season before he'd earned his his call up, and that was really I think the plan they had for Anderson, and and he just kind of went off the reservation on us. But he is he is still and Leas I'm talking about here is still only 21 years old. A lot of hockey left to play nah. in his life. Well, we'll see. I'm not I'm not sold on it. But speaking of 21 year old centers. Uh the Rangers actually went out very recently here and signed the undrafted free agent Patrick Kodorenko. Um, Who? He's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so this is a name. Kodorenko was very, very high up on the draft boards several years back. So he's 21 years old now. It would have been a 2017 draft. Missed out on, on the draft, but the year before that draft. He was playing with the U.S. National Development Program team uh, with with guys. First of all, he was playing with Fox and Lindgren, but he was also playing alongside guys like Austin Matthews, Clayton Keller. Uh, I mean, all all guys who have made big splashes in the NHL. Um, Kodorenko Hughes,
1: I think, would have been on that team possibly. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Kodorenko broke his leg, missed an extended Yikes. chunk of time, um, and and he ended up slipping so far into obscurity that he managed to not go drafted or not be drafted right but i mean he came out of uh, he came out of michigan state last year put up uh, 16 goals 16 assists for 32 points in his in his 36 games very respectable as a centerman right and and that's a position you know obviously the it's no secret the rangers are are struggling with their center depth depth, and and this is a guy we went out and got basically for free
1: right I'm happy with that. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain about it. Yeah. Um, I think one thing to keep in mind, people. I know that this was the case for me when I. A lot of times when you hear certain stats, there's no frame of reference. Um, I think the top point getter in the NCAA, I believe he had like 452 points in roughly the same amount of games. Okay. The, the, the second, but then there was a big fall off. The second guy had like in the low 40s. So. So he's up there. Yeah. So thirty-two. He's probably top. He's a top fifty and NCAA player. That, that can that can translate. That can absolutely translate. So yeah. And, and and looking you know forward to what the Rangers have in that center depth uh,
0: sort of area. I mean, obviously there's there's Leis, <laughs> We'll we'll put a pin in that for a minute. Um, Carl Henrikson is, Henriksen is uh, he's not he's, ready. People. People really like him. Uh, a lot of people are really high on him. He's I think he's only 19 years old. he's He's not gonna be ready yet. Um, we do have Morgan Barron in the system as well who who is worth noting uh, coming out of Cornell here. He uh, is again only 21 years old. Uh, was actually a 6th round draft pick that, that same year as, as Leas in 2017. Uh, Morgan Barron was just selected as a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award, uh, mm-hmm. which of course is going to be the, the most valuable player in college hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, ten, uh, 10 finalists were named. Barron was one of them. Uh, I, I think it's also worth noting here, he was both an ECAC and All-Ivy first team All-Star two years running. Uh, so So he's a guy who's had a pretty good track record here. Now he's He's right up there in the running as the best overall player in college hockey for the year. Uh, I think that's an exciting name to keep an eye on. Not sure if he's quite ready yet. Centers Yeah, I don't
1: particularly imagine Cornell when I think of the Ivy powerhouse hockey teams. It's, right. it's Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, 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 Princeton. Princeton to an extent. Yeah, they're on they seem to be on the lower end of things. And then you don't even really think of Columbia, Cornell or uh UPenn. Um, or brown, either. Right, even. But he's
0: he's he's a name to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, a, lo- a lot of these centers these days, man. If if they're not Austin Matthews, you know, they're they're not really starting to to hit their stride until they're you know 23, 24, 25 years old. Yeah. So, uh, someone to keep an eye on. But but hey, getting a, a guy like Patrick Kodorenko. Effectively for free. Yeah, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, why not? Right.
1: I'm I'm, um, going to st- I'm I'm cool with seeing what he can do in Hartford. If he starts lighting it up, great. All right. Yeah, we'll see what he does. Let's see what we got. More news out of the youngsters here. Niles Lundquist
0: became recently. Uh, he's he's a Rangers defensive prospect here. Recently became the highest scoring U20 defenseman in a single SHL season. That's just of all time. That's
1: a mind boggling stat. I, I had when. When I saw that, I, d- I double checked that. This is keep in mind, uh, guys. This is ahead of people like Victor Hedman, Rasmus Stalin, who was selected first overall, Gustav Forsling, Adam Larson, Nick Lidstrom, Matthias Olin, Ulfsson. I mean, the, the, there are some really good names on this list. And Niels Lundqvist has became the highest scoring U twenty defenseman, and he's yeah. only five eleven, one seventy four. So. 511 that's fine I'm not worried about that 174 is a little frail um for 511 I'd like uh, to see him bulk up a little he's got to get in the the 190 range he's got to be at 511 he's got to be yeah especially if, if he
0: wants to play defense in this league in, in yeah. this league
1: yeah <laughs> he'll get he'll get eaten alive yeah, but but it's not like it's not like the SHL is a cut rate league No.
0: I mean third. widely considered and and I'd probably right? agree to be you know the third most skilled league in the world behind the NHL and the KHL um, you know, and and probably a significant step up ahead of leagues like the AHL or, or the liga in Finland. Um, you know, so it's it's a very competitive league. It's a professional men's league and this this kid is tearing it up as as an undersized 20-year-old. So, uh, that's super exciting. This is a
1: Swedish Elite League, correct? Just for clarification. The right. SHL, yes. right? Yes, that's okay. correct. Just wanted to, for the listeners. Yep. SHL. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, I'm I'm really excited personally for uh, for what he can bring to the table. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next year. If we bring him over on on contract, we're going to have you know probably eight defensemen legitimately vying for six spots. Um, hey, <laughs> I, I'm fine with some competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens there. A uh, couple of uh, of interesting sort of statistics that that just surfaced while you know we were researching for the show yeah. the, the last week or two here. Um, Did you know that Mika Zibanejad is the fastest New York Ranger ever to reach 40 goals? He did it in 56
1: games. Well, because you put it in my notes, I know I knew it. (laughs) But when I read it, I was surprised. I did not know that. Um, That seems like, wow, really fastest New York Ranger ever to 40? Like, man. Yeah. I mean, he could
0: have, he he probably could have taken down the goal scoring title this year had he played for for the the Rangers. For
1: like Ranger goal-scoring title,
0: not I mean the league. For You're talking league. I, I mean I,
1: I. think he could have put up
0: 55, 60 goals. I mean, what is that? Just off the top, that's that's uh, just a hair shy of eight tenths of a goal a game. That's a, that's a run rate. I'm not I'm not doing the math, so I'm no, like totally spitballing it. But that's a run rate of like 65 or 70 goals, right? Are are, are you doing the math over there? Are you fact-checking I am, me? Yeah. It's it's a run rate of a lot of goals, um, you know, and, and obviously. Yeah, point seven
1: one four. No, no so.
0: nobody who's watched the Rangers this year thinks that Sabanajad does not have that scoring touch, but but he scored I mean he would have scored an absurd amount of goals had he played that full game. Uh the the other stat that that is that is impressive and, and yet disappointing to me at the same time, um, I I read from the Stat Center Twitter account and, and then I went and fact checked this, um, Artemi Panarin
1: mm-hmm. currently has
0: sixty-three assists on the season which is, I think it was 7th or 8th on the list all time for left-wingers in a single season. The, uh, the, the record was actually Joey Juno all the way back in 93, who, by the way, that was the most recent on the list ahead of Panarin, other than Brad the Rat. Marshand, who last year scored 64 assists, and he sits one ahead of Panarin. And if Panarin doesn't get another game to put up another two assists and move ahead of the Rat, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very upset,
1: really disappointed. Yeah, I mean, all all other issues aside, that's yeah. I God, it would be nice to just not have to. Have Marshawn <laughs> yeah. beat us out by a, and not even really uh, beat, not I truly. It would be, it would, he would he would be ahead of us because <laughs> of uh, like um, what's what would be the phrase here? Like um, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jay. I have no idea what you're looking for. Like, it, it's all <laughs> circumstance. Like if oh, oh, if the yes, season had yeah, continued, yeah. Panarin easily oh, for sure. So but honestly, nevertheless, he would still be there. Uh, and then, honestly, man, it'd be like if, an, an if they played a full season. If they played a full name. season,
0: Panarin could have set the record for assists. I mean, he's seven off the mark.
1: A record for assists by a left wing. By a left wing in okay, a single season. Yeah. Yes,
0: correct, correct. What did you think of that hit uh, Lemieux laid on Jonas Donskoy?
1: Okay, it was. Uh, switch,
0: switching gears big yeah, time on it, you guys yeah, here, it but a this switch. was uh, for for those of you that didn't see the the game against Colorado or, or didn't catch this highlight, uh, Lemieux laid what is was indisputably a late hit. Yeah, I think that's it, that's not that's not the controversial late. part. It yep. was it was a very late hit, a uh, little bit blindside on Jonas Nescort. That went down hard. Lemieux is to be suspended for uh, an undecided yeah, amount, amount of time. Of time yeah. Once once the season if kicks the season in, kicks right. back in, the NHL is going to revisit that uh, for the the duration. But he is he is suspended.
1: Yeah. I mean, what did, what did you think of that hit? All right. It was definitely late and Donskoy really had shot the puck. It was probably, he took three or four strides after shooting. Oh, um, it, was, it was really late. It I, was I, very late. I think, I think the thing that, and the, that people and the are And you came up, up in, on his
0: left from behind. Right. People are up in arms because they say it was a headshot. Was, uh, the, the, the people who are upset about the suspension are saying that it
1: wasn't a headshot. And I didn't see a headshot. man. I saw super late. And I saw from the blind side. I'm not contesting, and I'm not even trying to defend. Like I'm not trying to say I support or I'm. I don't agree with the suspension. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying I didn't see a hit to the head. That's all I'm saying. I
0: watched that play a lot of times, and what I saw, I saw shoulder and whiplash. Was was contact to the shoulder and the head. I I think it was a headshot. Look, I. I am a big Brandon Lemieux fan. Yeah, I know you are. I have absolutely no love for his father. Just put put that. So let's get that out there, right? But but I'm a, I'm a big Brandon Lemieux fan. But I. I can't defend this hit. <laughs>
1: it was a very father-like I, I really, play, I, I like really, father-like son. I know. That's I, something Claude would do for sure. That's, it's, uh, a, it's one of those plays where you look at and you're like, was that Dirty? Yeah. That was Claude. I I'm, feel like that's Claude Meuse. I'm en- sure, in, I'm, his I'm his sure maybe not
0: your Avalanche fans, right? But I'm, I'm right. sure Ranger rival teams are looking around the league going, that's typical Lemieux yeah. family nonsense. But yeah. uh, I, I mean, I, I can't defend that hit, I, I think. Frankly, he deserves the
1: suspension. We'll yeah. uh, we'll see what even happens. if it wasn't a headshot, that that's a dangerous hit. No, no matter how you dice it. So yeah, I agree. If they go crazy with the suspension, then, but like I I would be I, I would be fine with like two to I was gonna say, two three games. I was gonna say two to four is yeah uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. That's that's okay. That. And, can, and, and
0: frankly, I think he deserves it. Yeah. Um, couple of injury updates for you guys, uh, for for those of you that may have not seen it. It did get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Uh, Philip Heedle did not finish the game on the 10th against the Stars, officially day-to-day with a lower body. Um, it looked like I, a knee. I, I watched it a couple of times. It looked like his knee got twisted up a little bit, but he's he's still officially day to day uh today's but the let me the guess the team's being
1: being tight-lipped about the injury. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh you man, know, who knew? Um
0: they they're also not being required to release injury updates <laughs> right
1: right now, so it's even more so,
0: mysterious. Or, so we'll see. But um more potentially exciting news for Ranger fans here is that remember Chris Kreider's original timetable from the injury dated February 28th would have put him was back 4 to 6 in, weeks and which would have if we get this season back Jay, we're going to have Chris Kreider down the stretch. Yeah.
1: The trade deadline, I think was the 23rd, 24th, 24th. And
0: Kreider got hurt immediately after that. uh, Maybe he got one full game, but it was, it was almost. I'm not even
1: sure he got the full game. I think he got injured (laughs) in the very, as soon as he signed the extension, it was like, maybe I think he got one game with the extension. Um, and then he got hurt. So you figure February 28th, uh, it was a four to six week injury. All right, so let's just err on the side of caution, right? Let's say, let's say it's a it was worse than I think. Eight weeks. That's well, April twenty eighth. I'm not sure we have to
0: do that. He was he was back on the ice skating in individual drills right. ahead of schedule. So so you want to look at that four or five week timetable? I mean, he's going to be even He's, so, he's going to be ready to go so, by the end of this month. Eight
1: weeks from the injury is April twenty eighth. The season's probably. Uh, they're. T- I mean, best. Best. L- listen. I hope. I hope this happens, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, like a May or m- mid-May start restart. Even, not going to happen. E- but even even still,
0: man, if we have if, back, if we get to salvage the rest of this season, particularly mm-hmm. on that players' of proposal, it. I mean, they're he'll be ready for training camp in for, July. Oh, he'll, <laughs> oh he'll, he'll be more than ready. Right? Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll be back he'll in be hockey shape for the stretch. Um, so that's. That's pretty exciting. Something to uh, to keep an eye on. Um, real quick, I you know I, I do Jay. I want to go out and, and give a quick shout out to uh, the the really hard workers over at the Hockey News. I don't I don't know if you saw this. Um, the Hockey News actually went and laid off uh, from from what I'm reading pretty much their entire staff because of the the lack of activity here. And really, um, they they put out a lot of really good content. They do. I'd, I'd recommend that you guys. I remember getting them the magazine
1: when I was younger.
0: Yeah. Um or the newspaper actually. You know, they're they're clipping a lot of their staff, so I, I hope for their sake and for the rest of us, you know, that this uh breezes over as uh, quickly as it can here and you know, those guys can get their jobs back. The <laughs> one one thing I actually the last hockey news article that I saw. Prior to seeing that they were laid off, was uh, a really fun bit. I thought they're simulating the rest of the season in, in, <laughs> oh, in, in NHL 20, yeah. um, and uh, which,
1: I, which I believe had never been right until last season. Oh, it's
0: it's it's a terrible simulation. But like honestly, I probably would have. I'm so hockey starved right now. We're only a week out of right the league suspension, but I'm so hockey starved. I would watch a broadcast simulation.
1: Uh, I, think I played would too. played
0: in NHL 20. I'd be very excited uh, for, about for, it. <laughs> for what it's worth, the Rangers were coming right on up in their simulation. I think their simulation made it 72 or 73 games uh, through the season, and, and the
1: Rangers were neck and neck with the Blue Jackets there. Yeah, something I, uh, uh, feeding off your point. I'm not. I know a lot of the general public doesn't fully understand um, writers um, and sports, particularly sports writing, and even more specifically hockey. Writing, hockey's a it's the smallest of the major four sports. Right. So the a lot of these writers they're juggling multiple gigs as writers. They're not strictly writing for one uh, column, and so yeah, losing hockey news, having them lay off their their staff. I mean, it's rough, and you you just gotta hope that those the people that were you know creating content, putting out content have. Another gig that maybe was not canceled. Uh, That's best case scenario. Um, And if you're if you're thinking like, what are you talking about? Think about at the when the when in a typical year when the season ends, right? Larry Brooks, uh, who covers the Rangers for New York Post, you typically see him start doing stuff for the Yankees, stuff stuff for the Knicks. That's what I'm talking about. They have other gigs, and in his case, he's he's uh, an established enough writer that he's Locked in with the post. But a lot of these smaller, that's what I'm talking about, these smaller boutique shops like the Hockey News, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's very tough, very tough for the writers. Oh, you know what we didn't mention? What's that?
0: And, and this is uh, definitely worth noting. Okay. Uh, on, on a happier note, Adam Fox, um, you know, when, when we were talking about the youngsters, a- Adam Fox is the first Ranger rookie defenseman to score 40 points since Brian Leach's Calder winning campaign way back in 88, 89. Wow. Um, so just, uh, I mean, I know we're all super excited about what Fox is going to do in the future and, um,
1: nothing but good things uh, man, if, from, if, from him. If I we've mean, got another
0: Brian Leach on our hands, uh, which frankly, that
1: might not be a terrible comparable for Adam Fox. It, I mean, I think Leech is more offensively, uh, more minded offensively defenseman. minded than Fox is, but I would say the, the pickup would be that Fox is a better natural defender than Leach, but let's not get carried away. All right, It's, <laughs> well, it's Brian well, Leach. Uh, we'll see what we get out of, Fox, Hall of famer but here.
0: If, uh, if, if Fox can do anything even vaguely resembling what Brian Leach did here in New York, yeah, I'd I think be pretty we're going to be really happy with him. And um, my, my last little favorite bit of news, I, I know the uh, the news has kind of dragged on a little bit here, but frankly, again, there's been a, a ton going on here, even without hockey. Um, <laughs> the last time that the Boston Bruins were in Philadelphia, now now, obviously, I'm a lifelong Ranger fan. Mm-hmm. No love for either of these teams. No, but um, I I do have to say, man, I'm warming up. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'm warming up to gritty a little oh. bit. He had he had a poster of Bra- a picture of Brad Marchand whiffing on that that shootout shot from the yeah. last time they were in Philly. Yep. he's holding it up against the boards as Marchand's skating by, and I I just I lost it. That was uh, hysterical.
1: It's, it's a perfect troll, especially for for Marshawn who just deserve, he has every I bit know. of, uh, of it coming back to me that karma. I, God, he's one of those guys that you just hope karma gets the best of. <laughs> and so any, any, anything to take Marshawn You're down a peg right. or two, I'm all, I'm, 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 I'm on board hundred percent. So Absolutely. keep it up. greedy.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's rip right into one of my favorite sections here. What did you see? And and of course, that's where we're going to be talking about Uh, what we saw in the Ranger games that were played uh, the last following the Devil debacle. Yes. (laughs) And uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that we saw that we noticed that might not show up on that stat sheet, might not even have made the highlight reels. uh, But we want you guys to be aware of, Um, you know, really, man, coming out of these two games, the the two games we're going to be talking about here were the stars on the 10th. And then the very next night, uh the game against the Avalanche. Man, I, I gotta say I I, I mean, we won one, we lost one. I saw a very good Rangers hockey team show up to play both nights. Yeah. Uh, I easily could have walked away with both wins for sure for sure I, I i well don't don't even get me started on on how bad that luck was in that avalanche game i was i was actually listening to the colorado broadcast of that game and at at one point the the announcers were outright laughing at ryan Strom's inability to <laughs> put put a puck in the back of the net uh, he he hit a handful he of can't posts buy a goal. he, he got robbed a couple of times he missed the net he could have potted four uh, he ended up with none um Unfortunately. On on a brighter note, man, Julian Gauthier, your boy, continues You're, to impress. You just I just love this I think guy. I, I'm smitten. What can you I say? Are. I mean, he he was making good plays. He uh, he made a wicked steal. Spun around, put it in front of the net. He's big. He's strong. He's got fast hands. I mean, what what else do you want out of the kid? At at one point, uh, <laughs> at one point during the Stars game. He actually hit John Klingberg so hard that John Klingberg went into Ben Bishop, who went into the net and knocked it off its moorings. I mean, the, the kid's got it all. He's got the size. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got soft hands. Oh, dude, he's it, with with the right coaching and the right system. i to have to rein you in over there. He's, he's, he's You're be blushing. So, I, I'm, in, I'm in love <laughs> with this kid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What did uh, what, what did you pick up on out of um, out of that game there? Well, it was in the, in the Dallas game. Um, it was good to see that yeah, Igor apparently just had my curse, my attendance curse, oh, yeah, put he on was, him. He was back, no question. Because he, he seems never fine. going to another game with you again. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I apologize to everybody else as well. Uh, I'll let you know if I do go to a game. Um, but yeah, he looked he looked fine. Um, he looked better than fine. He, he looked he looked like Igor, like the, what we had become accustomed to, not the travesty that he yeah, put on sure, uh, sure. at the game we saw. Um, and can't, can't go without talking about Kappa. No, I was just you, you <laughs> took words right out of my yeah. mouth. Uh, Kako had two um, two. The first one, uh, it, I mean, <laughs> the, the bishop didn't even move. Uh, he, well, he, he
0: he overcommitted to play yeah, what he thought was going to be the be a shot, shot. And, and basically left Kako unattended in, in uh, front of the yeah, net. It was, but credit where it's due, kid was in the right place at the right time. Oh, yeah, he and, was he was there for the pass. And he got that shot off quick. Quickly. Which is Important. something that he's struggled with throughout this season. He's holding to the puck too much, letting defensemen, letting goaltenders get into position before he takes the shot.
1: Yep. He just ripped this one, found the back of the net. Yep, one time um, it.
0: One time, that's right.
1: Now and Bishop couldn't even. I, I mean, you look at the replay. He's adding net, and he just looks behind. He, did, he didn't even like make a diving attempt. That's how quickly
0: he. The, and, and not not to mention that even if he did dive, he'd have made a fool out of himself because he was like six I don't feet know, out of thirty-five 30 feet out of the yeah. net. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. There's no way he was getting back. But uh, but that second, the goal. second goal. See those those are the hands that that Kapokako has been showing his entire time in Europe. Uh, I think he's finally starting to get his confidence back. Uh, he he really looks like he's starting to hit that second gear.
1: I mean, more than a second gear, it's more like a like a third or fourth or a fifth gear is what I'm looking for. And 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 you saw that on the goal. He took the defenseman wide, and exactly what I alluded to last on the last episode. I was I, I was con- I was always waiting for like, come on, take him, take. Him. And he finally took him. He took the defenseman, used his body. Yep. He, if he, if he had chose to, uh, could have ripped the shot, decided to make a try and make a play a little ill-advised, but uh, all right. Uh, he, it was a good play. And then ends they up, the, they got the puck back, <laughs> right? He ends up getting the puck back and yeah. night, just nice little dipsy doodle around the goalie and just tucked it in quick, quick nod to perfect.
0: Zibanejad on that as well. Cause Zibanejad could have fired that puck from the slot and he found Kako down low yeah. and, and trusted Kako to make the play. Which he I mean, did.
1: I wouldn't expect anything less from yeah. him at this point. So if,
0: now now if you didn't catch the game and uh, and only watch the highlights, you probably did not see my single favorite moment in that stars game. That was the Brendan Smith Jamie Ben fight. Oh um, yes. So so they uh, Smith Smith hit one of the stars players and, and Ben took offense to it. They dropped the gloves. It was kind of a messy start to that fight. They they stumbled a little bit, they started to go down. The linesmen go to step in, and and Jamie Ben takes a hand off of Smith. He turns to the lineman and he kind of like he doesn't push him but he kind of tells him like back off we got this the linesman actually listen to him they do back up smith and ben get up they finish their fight and uh that that made me really smiley on the inside i do like jamie ben <laughs> yeah for sure there was um there, there was a neat play actually uh, not not to go back to Gautier here but oh um Art- artemi panarin found himself uh, out there with Gauthier. He took a look at, during one play, saw Gauthier lined up uh, kind of off to the side with with one of the star's defenders. Panarin makes this neat little play where he actually just kind of lobbed the puck up, just flipped his wrists up, lobbed it over both of their heads into the corner, trusted uh, the, the big-bodied Gauthier to go yeah. get it, which he did. Uh, that I thought was pretty cool. Panarin also had a very, very nice uh, defensive play during that game. Against uh, re- really two of the better stars. I-, I think it was Sagan and Haskin. And um, Panarin back playing a two on one, broke mm-hmm. it up beautifully. Uh, good good to see him, you know, being that three zone player. Um, that's that's what you want out of your stars.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, what, uh, what else caught your eye out of that uh, Avalanche game, Jack? The Avalanche. They played the Avalanche the following night, uh, back to backs. Um, and uh, we did lose in overtime. Um, but,, like you said, like you alluded to earlier, it looked really nice. Um i I'm okay with like I can accept a loss like that. um the 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 final goal was a f- kind of a fluke tip. I mean, I don't I, that guy yeah, yeah, so comfort deflect meets this just wild deflection was reaching back and deflects Bakar's shot and just changed the trajectory. Just enough. Yeah, that, that Guryev couldn't couldn't uh, could track it. Like
0: Georgiev was tracking it. He the had the glove it, where up, it needed to yep, be, and he just it, couldn't get it back up in time. Yep, and then just yeah.
1: it just just a slight redirection. It went right between his ear and his glove. I and mean, yeah, you, you know, really with with the exception of the one
0: uh, one penalty, which you know was uh, frankly a really ugly, too many men Man, on the ice yeah. call. Um, I thought the Rangers played a really complete game against one of the best teams in the league and you know frankly this is the first time in a long time that i can remember the rangers you know really really rallying at the end of the game to score a yeah. come from behind goal to 13 to seconds second left. overtime yeah. i'm i'm so used to you know years and years of Tormant. of watching the rangers on the receiving end of that that right. kind of shooting gallery at the end of a game uh so that was that was pretty nice to see i got to yeah. be honest
1: the Avs' second goal uh I, that was the one blemish on an otherwise pretty decent game overall. Um, that I second Lingren didn't pick up his
0: man. And I'm, ta- I'm I'm I'm, I'm, st- I'm sticking l- myself l- in the Messnikov l- goal. I'm sticking l- to my story. Yeah, he, um,
1: he should not have allowed Confer to be Rangers, standing right
0: in l- Georgiev's face.
1: Rangers were playing a diamond. Uh, it, was on the, it was a power play goal for Colorado, um, and Colorado had shifted. Picard drew uh, the the point defender, and they were. The Rangers, they created the umbrella and the Rangers shifted into a diamond correctly. That is that is how you play the umbrella right. in PK. Um, but Stahl, who was on the right wing at that point of the diamond, did not step out far enough. And Nemesnikov was able to step in. And then to your point, Lindgren didn't even, I don't know, I think maybe he, he was like touching the guy Screening him with the, the stick, uh, not yeah. even. It was sticking his stick was out a, there. It was, it was, a, it was, an it was a lazy play in front, and then st- and stall was caught out of position. That bothered me because um, that won- And then of course, who else would score? it? But Vlad the Masterclass? <laughs> of <laughs> course, he, he, it was been,
0: him. He's been playing really well in Colorado, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all all things considered, you know, back to back games uh, against two of the top teams. Uh, in in well i guess the stars maybe not gonna call them the best one of the top teams in the league but uh two very very solid squads including one really solid contender in colorado i'll i'll take it out of a rebuilding team yeah all right jay let's jump into our armchair gm segment here yes sir we're gonna be uh first up on the docket here talking about keandre miller and what we can you know reasonably or unreasonably expect from him in the future here
1: yeah uh so during this uh Unfortunate hiatus. We uh, Ke- Keandre Millard decided to sign with the Rangers. Um, come out of college after his sophomore season. Um, Twenty years old right now. Uh, is there's some dispute discussion regarding how tall he is? So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna say 6'4", because I've seen six three at the draft and I've seen listed at six five. So let's just call it the let's take the median and say 6'4", uh, About two ten. He's a big boy. He's he's ready to go. Um, we take we took him. We moved up to take him in the twenty eighteen draft, twenty um, second overall. And uh, I, I thought that was a really good move, by the way. It was uh, by by
0: Gordon. You know, noticing that he was still on the board, they expected him to go earlier. Um, you know, they really, really wanted him and they did not think he was going to last until 26th. Yeah. So they went out and they traded the 26th overall, which of course the first round pick and the 48th overall second round pick in that same draft. They traded up to 22 to get him. Um, I mean, this this kid is... Uh, by the eyeball test and by the scouting reports, he's an insane natural athlete. Dude. Yeah,
1: uh, he's size, speed, uh, solid shot. Um, the the things that I've seen about him needs to still develop some more creativity from an offensive standpoint as a defenseman, which is surprising because he actually w- originally was a forward. So you'd expect a forward, a, a converted forward. Like, uh, kind of like, a, almost like a Brent like Burns. A
0: Smith. Uh, I was thinking Brent Smith. Like Brent Burns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he was originally Brent went the other way. Yeah.
1: Right. Brent Burns originally was a forward, I believe, and then switched, they moved on to D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you'd expect a little more offensive creati- creativity from him, um, but he did manage to put up uh, 38 points, I believe it was, in his freshman season. And then last year, uh, as a sophomore uh Badgers had a bad year I, I i do want to say that they were last in the big Ten. last in the big time yeah. yeah it was it was rough for them so he did have a little bit of a drop off um he but he has progressed and if you could believe this, he put up eighteen points in 36 games uh Jay yeah what on earth was that? that was my dj airhorn and uh, why uh, i i wanted i i wanted i wanted to use the dj airhorn there um I, I i i think it i think it goes perfectly there it was it was a nice stat and so i used it um and i don't appreciate your criticism or your judgment so the dj airhorn airhorn effect, effect stays going back to keandre miller Jay, if you don't want my judgment, don't do stupid things. <laughs> um, you telling me to do it, not to do it, it ensures that I'm going to do it. Uh, he was co- coached at Wisconsin by Tony Granato, uh, former Ranger, former uh, Ranger draft pick, I believe. Yeah, um, and uh, the, the record holder for goals as a rookie with 36 for the Rangers. For the Rangers, Ta- right?
0: Not he's he's not uh, Tameus Solane. No, I I think as an aside i think solani's record of
1: what was it 76 goals as a rookie that's going to stand forever <laughs> yeah that's a lot um but point is with keandre he's got the he's got the tools okay um we're going to see him in Hartford if and when the season resumes um and if he can produce some not some off, some more offense cuz his skating his size it's all there so and those are the what you, what they would you know, the tangibles you can measure him. He measures up, he's got the size. You're not, we're not we're gonna, we're gonna have to worry about him coming in and getting knocked around. He's not gonna get knocked around. He's plenty, he's got plenty size and he's got excellent speed. And he's, he's just a freak athlete overall. Um, and so when you're evaluating talent, uh, particularly GMs, they do this in football a lot when they're. Looking at prospects, they say at his best. Okay, so if if everything pans out, he he does develop an offensive game. Who who is he? And then they also the pendulum swings the other way. I say if he kind of just levels off, or you know just doesn't really progress as much. Who would he be? And then who do you? And then right in the middle, who does who do, who do you think he would line up to? I'm seeing him. Best-case scenario, I would say he's like an over-caffeinated Mark Stahl, right? Um, Best-case scenario, right? So Mark Stahl in his prime. This That's important, a uh, little caveat there. Uh, Mark Stahl in his prime. So when Stahl was shutting down first lines, no problem, that with, you know, I just remember Stahl uh, throwing Crosby around in corners. That's oh, the
0: glory days, <laughs> right? That's what you could see.
1: That's what I could see Miller doing. So an overcaffeinated version. So Mark Stahl with hands and the abilities, right? Um, what could I see him? What, where do I think he lands? Um, somewhere in the. I, I could see realistically somewhere in the Brent Seabrook range. Um, maybe, maybe a, maybe a little bit less than that. I can, that. I his can prime, see that as prime. You know,
0: I. <laughs> I, I have to think that despite what the numbers were, um, I mean, last year he he anchored the top pair for the Badgers uh, in Wisconsin. So yeah. he, was, he was drawing the tough assignments. He was playing all the minutes, right? And plus the Badgers were, I mean, they, they not were good. not a great team right. this year. I'm, I'm willing to accept that. but Yeah, he was like a it, minus seven. Everything, so. everything I've seen from him and all of the scouting reports that I've read on him say that he's a really well-rounded defenseman. He has a hard, accurate shot. Uh, he has the potential to be a power play guy. Um, I I think his floor is looking like he's going to be that solid second pair guy. I think if if he can focus on his offense a little bit, you know, get that knack for finding the net,
1: would Brent Burns be too far of a stretch? I think it is. Um, like I said, I, I think. Uh, but hey, that's that's the game that these GMs play when they're drafting these guys, right? So you know, when they're when they're looking at. Uh, people like uh, L- Lamar Jackson, right? When he was coming out, they're saying, "At his best, who could he, who could he be? Like Mike Vick, but, but with a better arm."
0: I was going to say, apparently he could be.
1: And both. then at and his absolutely. at his on his low end, who could he be? Like Robert Griffin, RG three, right? That's like what the that's what the comparable. And then where does he land in the middle? Like right, I don't I don't right. really know if they had some, but that's the idea behind this. Um, and so then on the low end of things, I could see him being like. Uh, like a a a better version of Anton Strawman. Stralman was very sound defensively. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Not not crazy offensive skill. Not known for his offensive skill, but very sound defensively. When he was out there defensively, you were like, "All right, this he's going to take care of business." Yes. That's why I could see him on this low end. Okay. So I I uh, think I think I'm being reasonable. I think Brent Burns that you got that's that's like. It's a, it's a stretch. It's a it's, huge stretch. It's a stretch. I, I, would, I would expect if if I was gonna let you get away with that, then I would have <laughs> wanted to see him carrying this Badgers team with crazy points. And might might be fair. That eight, might be fair. 18, yeah, it's not bad. It's it, it's solid. I mean, according to my DJ sound effect, it's very good.
0: But <laughs> so uh, so then so then where does where does Keandre Miller fit into the
1: current scheme? So I would say I like him on a line. With Tony D'Angelo, um, okay, and so you have Keandre Miller's a left-handed shot, so you have him play the left and have. Uh, I, I, I love that he's a left-handed shot, by the
0: way, because the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, uh, we are we're locked up on the right between uh, Fox, D'Angelo, Nils Lundqvist coming up. Yeah, uh, obviously, true, but I can't believe I left him out of that yeah. conversation. Um, it's it's really looking good on the right side. The on the left side. I mean, there's there's a reason that a Brennan Smith is still getting playtime on the left side of that defense. Um, we do have other left-handed prospects coming up. I'm excited about some of those guys. We'll uh, we'll talk about them at at a later date. But they're guys like Matt Robinson, uh, Igor, Igor Rykov, Rykov Tarmo Um, But none of those guys are are looking like they're as pro ready as Miller is right now. And no, I'm right. I'm excited. I have been saying for months now. I, I've I've been saying for. Uh, you know, long before he was even signed, that I expect him to make uh, a push to make this roster out of training camp next year. So I would agree.
1: Um, we'll, because we'll see of, where that because of the issues with the left, with right. the left, with the left hand side, I could definitely see him making a push. So we're hoping to see that. Something to look forward to. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of uh, the defense here, let's let's
0: just take a quick minute talk about the Fox lingren pairing. Um, it's it's been really interesting to me to watch. Them developed this year. I, I thought we've seen some really just just brilliant things out of the two of them. Um, you know, David Quinn has gone on record saying, really much like the goaltending situation, saying that you know whatever that best pair is night after that's night. Who
1: gets, that's who gets a nod. They're,
0: they're gonna yeah they're they're gonna be that top pairing, and um, it's kind of telling that I think for like the last I don't know dozen games or so. It's been Fox. has been Fox and Lingering out there,
1: right? <laughs> uh, what do you make of that? Um, I think that Fox and Lindgren are—it's the perfect complement. You've got Fox, who is a definitely offensive-minded, but not solely offensive-minded. And then you have Lindgren, who is more of the anchor, defensive anchor of the pair. Um, I see this as uh, Ryan McDonough, Dan Girardi. Uh, I. That's it's giving me flashbacks when I see those two out there because, I mean, Fox is a little on the smaller side, but um, nevertheless, McDonough was a very good two-way player. Girardi just locked down defenseman anchor that didn't really contribute a whole lot offensively, but it was okay because McDonough was picking up that. Yeah, no, I I think you're spot
0: on. I mean, I think they complement each other really well. Um, I've, I've actually got a quote from Lingren here. He, he was talking, I'm not going to quote him directly, but he was talking about how they, they play two really different styles, right? Fox is, is the guy that jumps up in the rush, uh, really has that offensive edge to his game. Uh, Lingren's more of that shutdown guy. But, you know, for for being that shutdown defenseman, he's a really good puck mover. And he's, he's yeah, yeah. And, and he's he's making some rookie mistakes. Yeah, you know, even even Fox is making some rookie mistakes. But I mean, these are these are a pair of kids who yeah, really. And kid, um, kid, when you say kids, kids, I mean kids. kids. <laughs> yeah, like. they they could have long careers ahead of them. Um, I I don't think anyone's gonna think that it's a hot take if I say that Adam Fox is destined to be a star in this league. He's, I think if you said the same about. Ryan Lingren, you, you get some, some eyebrow sh- raises, and yeah. Jerry's not out on him yet. But I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can do if, if they're going to be anchoring, you know, that blue line for the Rangers coming up here. It is, I could see it. Does um, um, kind of throw some shade on that eight
1: million dollar a year Jacob Truba deal. Yeah, uh, it, it puts us in a compromising position with truba because I mean, if tr- we're paying Truba eight million a year, then he's going to assume you would assume that he would is going to want to be a top pair defenseman he's being paid like one so what do we do with him if that's not the case uh I, i don't know um i've i've posited that we could potentially potentially trade truba i don't think that's i don't think that's as out of left field as as it seems I think it's a. It all depa- It all will depend on we'll how see. Lundquist and Miller progress. If they both progress and are ready to go, or are at least showing signs, uh, I could see us moving on from Truba. But again, this whole coronavirus thing how does that affect free agency. Is that does that mean the contracts don't expire on July first? Like, you see what I'm. That's thinking? a really good point. Right. Actually, I did not think about that. Yeah. At so, all. So these, with that, with these that, are written binding contracts. contracts. <laughs> so like, is that that like, it, <laughs> it, like July first, the no movement clause kicks in on Truba, and that's it. Then we're stuck with them. right? But but we're not even going to get that window to trade him potentially, right? If we wanted to. So this is a bananas time, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting. I'm I'm very curious to see how that pans out because that's it's going to come down to that. I think um, not just that, but. Uh, if, if, if our youngsters start making plays, why would we have this $8 million albatross that's not even our top guy? Especially if we're going to have to pay Fox as our top guy. Then we're going to be paying two top guys. It just doesn't add up. So that's where we, I see it. We will just uh, have to wait and see, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a lot to develop still. I'm not, I don't want to jump to any conclusions right now. Um, but... <sighs> I just, I don't, I don't know if Fox and, and lingering continue on this pace and continue to develop. It, it puts us in a difficult, it, it would, I, the way I'm seeing it is it would put us in the exact same scenario that we were in with Shattenkirk, where we kind of overpaid for a defenseman per se. Right. I, who, who took a hometown discount. Who took a hometown <laughs> discount in term and in, and in, yeah. and in uh, contract amount. Um, and then we ended up buying out the the contract. Not my favorite move. Uh, I think it would have been smarter to just leave him on. But nevertheless, we did. And I see the same thing here, potentially. Just I, just I, the difference I, I is that I have to say that the prospect of buying out Truba's no, fifty six million. We're not we're not buying it out because that would be that would be an exorbitant <laughs> yeah. amount of years. If you buy him, if you buy him out at this point, that's like du- you're doubling the years. So it's be yeah, like, we have be him on, on the, the books until like twenty thirty, 30 yeah. five or something. Yeah, yeah. something <laughs> absurd. So that's not happening. But yeah. you could, I, you could. Uh, there's definitely a market for a uh, right-handed defenseman. You know, if, I've got to say though,
0: if this is the kind of problem that we're gonna have, uh, if with with right? Fox and Lindgren progressing at the rate that they're progressing at, I mean, is a I'll, great
1: I'll, problem to have. I'll take those problems.
0: All day long. Yep, nine out of
1: nine. No, ten. Nine out of ten times. <laughs> nine, yeah. nine, a nine too, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I
0: guess that's still the same thing. Yeah. If if you don't want my judgment, Jay, you got to stop saying stupid things. I
1: know. I'm sorry. yeah I'm I'm flustered right now. Well, folks, that
0: is gonna do it here for another episode of the Ranger Roundup. Uh, Real quick, I want to make a big old shout out to our boys over at True Blue I Am A Ranger for helping to make this podcast possible. Uh, Also to a very good friend of the show, Robbie Searles, uh, who is helping out with a lot of our post-production and editing. Again, uh, definitely check those guys out. Give them both a follow. You can find True Blue uh, on Facebook at True Blue I Am A Ranger. You can find Rob over on
1: YouTube at Rob's House. Uh, An important little uh, tidbit before we head out, because of the change uh, to the schedule, there's not a lot of developing stories. So at this time, we're looking at doing a podcast every other week. Um, I just wanted to let the listeners know what our schedule would be. Um, We were planning on doing a weekly podcast, but with nothing happening, there's nothing to update. So And we can't even... Uh, we've postulated everything that we. Hey happened. man, I, I got.
0: I got to say though, I personally am starved for hockey content oh, so right am. now, and, and uh, if, if we can find it, if if anyone would like us to get on here and make total fools out of ourselves on a weekly basis, I think we'd be happy to oblige you. And with that, I think we're gonna say good night. Just Dave and Jay Ranger Roundup Podcast. Thanks for
1: tuning in. Night.